Hello, and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. I'm Ashby Brain. We have Kyle Whitley. Eric Creech is on sabbatical this week, and we're here to talk about arguments with our parents. Yes. What I think it is, is Eric didn't want to bring up, you know, arguments with his parents and then just get really mad at his parents. That's fair. That's fair. So, I don't know. But no, honestly, Eric deserves a good break off. He's always working hard, especially right now. They started back up with football and everything else um, with practices, and I'm sure games will start before too long, too. So, he's definitely working hard, and we're very thankful for him. Um, so, glad he gets to have some time off this week. But, That's right. Uh, what you, you said you've been, you're packing? Is that what you're doing? Yes, I'm going on a socially distant vacation. I'm doing a little weekend getaway to Richmond this weekend. Um, I came to the realization a few weeks ago that I needed to get out of my house and go for a long drive and go somewhere because um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I'm definitely one of those people that's able to maintain a sense of stability and stay in one place in life because I can travel like I have a gypsy heart I think and one of the reasons that I'm able to stay in one place and not roam around is because I do a lot of traveling throughout the year and that sort of like feeds my need to be going and to be discovering and to be exploring Um, and I haven't been able to do that for over a year and I'm going a little bit crazy so One of my friends offered up her apartment. She actually has moved in with her boyfriend and she hasn't leased um, or let go of her apartment. And so she's going to let me kind of like Airbnb it, if you will, for the weekend. Yeah. And I'm going to get takeout and read some books and watch some Netflix and just do what I've been doing in my house, but like somewhere else. (laughs) No, I totally get that. I totally, you need to get out every once in a while. Um, we're going to New Bern. We were trying to figure it out to visit her parents in a couple of weeks. Uh, so nice. we're going to go visit Erica's parents in a couple of weekends. We haven't been since around Christmas time. Um, I don't know. Just with everything we're involved in, you know, we stay busy. And it's it's definitely in that way with COVID where there's usually tons of like Jeep events or car events. There was a lot of stuff we had on schedule to be going to over the last right. year. And at the beginning right. of this year and stuff is just, you know, still not happening, which is smart. Like I'm not against it, but... uh. I'll be glad to be able to get out and roam around again someday and go to things. Absolutely. Like that. But, um, absolutely. But yeah, so this week is probably going to be on the shorter side of things. Uh, we're not doing some giant movie review. We're not doing, you know, a series from our childhood. We're not talking too deeply into it, but we had talked a while back. I want to say it was around the time we were at Ricky's house, um, and just discussed or something. We brought up a funny story of whenever, you know, an argument we have with our parents in our childhood. Uh, it wasn't something that was like detrimental, but it's just one of the stories. Now it's fun to talk about. And we decided, you know what? That'd be fun just to talk about in the podcast, just to have a shorter episode, a fun episode of just telling stories about things we have with our, our parents, because there is that mindset of a teenager, even younger, but definitely as a teenager that, you know, better, you know, we all know better than what our parents know. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, they lived in a different lifetime away. You know, they just they just don't understand. And so they, there's no way they could be right. Uh, and it's fun that as we mature, we look back on that. And sometimes we were right a little bit, and, you know, not to completely bash teenagers. But then there was multiple times that my parents were right or just had the best intentions anyway. And, you know, 
my angsty self did not want to hear those intentions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or I look back on it now and I think like they didn't have a need to be worried, but they didn't know that. And given the situation now that I'm an adult, I too would have been worried. Definitely. (laughs) I feel that a whole lot. Like there's multiple times that I know that I was fine. But now that right. I, you know, we're about to have a little girl and I'm excited about that, it uh-huh. scares the mess out of me for whenever she's going to be a teenager. And I have to realize yeah. there's so much time between now and then that's going to happen. Um, yes. You know, to you grow and to mature and to trust. But I already know, like, I have that feeling in my mind that, like, someday I'm going to have to be the one that lets go and I'm going to be the one that's like, no, you should probably just stay home. It's okay. You know, I right. trust you, but I don't trust them. And, you know. Yes. I totally yes. get 100%. it now from my parents' standpoint. And, um. I wouldn't be surprised if some parents just tune in tonight just to see like where we go with this. Uh, we've definitely had Absolutely. a lot of awesome listeners tune in and like give us some stories about theirs too. Um, I think it's just something fun to do, uh, just to reminisce sometimes. And I think with this type of situation, we're not just reminiscing in a way that's only fun to us or people we know. I think we're doing it in a way that anybody can relate to this because there's TV shows and movies about the same situation where you just had times with your parents and it was arguments and right. looking back, it's just funny. Um, yeah. I think that there are specific arguments that we can talk about that are related to our sort of like eighties, nineties kids generation. Sure. But, but I think the idea of just disagreeing with your parents on a fundamental level is timeless. For sure. <laughs> and it's one of those things that I look at it and like, how, how deep am I going to get in my child's life to try to stay hip and cool and know like, Oh, I totally can trust you on this. Or what is Twitter? What what does that mean? Or right. you know, right? All the random things, and it's like, no, you know, it's the relationship you build with your child, and no matter what, you're still going to have moments where you're nervous for them. Um, Absolutely. If you want, I'll go ahead and jump in. I've got a couple of different ones. Um, and okay. like I said t- today, folks, however long this lasts, just have fun with us. Um, and we would love to hear any stories you have. You know, if you haven't commented yet. Uh, if you're just listening now, definitely come back and let us know on social media some stories you had. Uh, my story starts in elementary school. It was fifth grade. Jinkos uh, were a big thing. Um, if for you people now that maybe are younger, you know, generations that skinny jeans have been a thing in nearly your whole life, or even just bootcut jeans or whatever, Jinkos came out and it was enough pair of denim or like enough denim to probably make three pairs of pants at least, but they were just made one pair of pants. Uh, they were huge. It was baggy. You literally, you wore them. You could not see your feet. You know, I wear like either a 12 or 13 size shoe. And most of the time my pants like was so big at the bottom. It just covered my entire shoe. Uh, but being in fifth grade, I was not the most trendy. I literally wore probably sweatpants, you know, windbreaker pants. Cause that's what you did. You know, maybe you would wear jeans every once in a while, but honestly it was probably just sweatpants or windbreaker pants. Cause they were comfortable you know, and you're in that weird age of figuring out who you are. But I remember my sister started dating this guy and it was their first, you know, I want to say one of her first real relationships, at least, at least one that, you know, he came around the house and we got to spend time with each other. Uh, and he wore them. He had Jinko jeans cause you know, they were obviously in high school and it was just a bigger, cooler thing. And the, you know, they were up on their trends and I remember begging my parents for a pair. Uh, I remember it was Christmas Eve. Like this was months before. Like I've been begging for the ever, and they were like, "No, this is dumb." And I was like, "Well, you know, Kristen's boyfriend wears them, and that's like that's okay. That's that's him and his parents have to deal with that. You know, whatever. But you're not buying them. We're not putting those on you." Uh, well, Christmas came, and I remember opening up a box 
that my parents just kind of kept staring at me. And there they were, one giant pair of Jinko jeans. They had, I remember there was like, because a cool thing about these jeans was on the back right pocket, like these, the pockets on them were huge, were literally from like my elbow down with reach and fit in the pocket on the back. But they always would have this cool patch on the back. And mine was like this kid that looked really cool with a hat, like tilted down over his eyes in a recliner, I think. Uh, And I just loved them. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. But then you come into that problem of being the fifth grader that's wore sweatpants his entire life. And it's like, I don't know how to wear these. Like, what else do you wear with these giant pants? But not only that, my parents were literally, they said, you can have these as a present for Christmas, but you cannot wear them out in public. You can wear them around the house. You will not wear these to school. You will not wear them anywhere else. And so, of course, being the fifth grader, I had a fit. I was like, that's dumb. You know, I should be able to wear these pants. They're cool. And my mom was, of course, working in the school system and the elementary school that I attended. She was very nervous about what her friends were going to think about her for allowing me to wear these giant pants. I was wondering what their argument was for not being able to wear them in public. It, yes. They thought it would reflect on their parenting. That's what it was. Yeah. That, okay. That's, I've come to realize in my life there was a lot of arguments about that where it was things that honestly probably were pushing some limits but nothing major, but it all fall back on what are they going to think about us? What are my friends or coworkers or other people in public going to think about me whenever they see you this way? Um, to be honest, I put my parents through a lot of stuff where I just didn't care what people thought. And I think we've all grown for the best of it. But um, I do remember I was feeling very rebellious about this. We had an argument about it. And I don't feel like it was a one giant argument. I just feel like it was a constant. Anytime I wanted to, it was always told, no, you're not wearing those pants. You know, and it just felt dumb because you knew you had these cool pants in your house, but you couldn't wear them out. Well, I remember one day in fifth grade, I put on my sweatpants and I was like, I'm going to wear these pants today. I'm going to show my friends how cool these are. So I stuck them in my book sack and wore them, like took it to school. Once again, my mom works in this school. Um, I remember <laughs> I being, your mom used to work at Yeah, school. she worked at the same school I was at. You thought you were going to get away with it? Yes. Yeah, so I literally, I showed up to school. With them, I would. I went until after lunch at least, and I was in Miss Edith Boyette's social studies class or whatever that class technically was called. And I told her I need to go to the bathroom. And in my brain, I was trying to figure out how am I going to get these pants to the bathroom. And I don't know if I just like tuck. I really don't remember if I tucked them under my shirt or I took my book sack with me. Uh, and thankfully, she, I guess she knew me good enough to not think anything too suspicious of it. So right. whenever I took, and I want to say I maybe even put them in like a grocery bag, which it made no sense at all, but I was like, maybe I can carry them around. Well, I left the class to go use the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and I had these pants in my like my arm, like thunder folded under my armpit or whatever. I get there and then I realize I'm going to have to take my pants off at school. And this, as a fifth grader that's like, especially like kind of a chubby fifth grader trying to figure out things. I first started getting into girls or thinking people were cute. I hear somebody else in the bathroom and I'm like, I can't take my pants off in here. Like what happens if somebody walks in and I'm like no pants on. So what did I do instead? I was like, I'm wearing these pants. I put these pants on, on top, over top of my sweatpants cause they were giant and they were huge. So they would fit. And so I literally wore <laughs> like, I put these giant pants on and walked back into class. Like so proud of like, I just put on the coolest pants ever. And I don't think anybody even looked at me. Maybe they did. And if they did, they just thought, what in the world has Kyle gone and done in the bathroom? Um, But to say that, I knew I couldn't walk back past my mom's office later to get on the bus to go home. And so I literally sweated all afternoon because you're wearing two pairs of pants in a heated building. 
but I looked cool. And so That's I did. Right, make, but you made a statement. I did. I made a statement that my mom had no clue about. Thankfully, Miss Boyette was cool enough not to be like, weren't you wearing different pants a minute ago? Uh, Look, she's dealing with like three classrooms full of fifth sure. graders in one day. She didn't care about no. your pants. I came back with different pants on. She had no problem with that. She's like, whatever, just sit down. Let's get back to learning. Uh, oh, God. Probably she would have just told me like, quit worrying about your pants so much. Worry about your grades a little bit more because you're not doing so hot. Uh, but later in the day, I don't remember how, but I ended up going back to the bathroom and taking them back off to go past my mom's office to go get on the bus. But I thought I'd, you know, I'd won that day. You know, I'd showed her. But then I realized again, like I never did it again. Um, ended up just to throw the end of the story in it, how it comes full circle. I go to sixth grade and I remember being very nervous about sixth grade and like this is a new school building. This is a new thing. I wore probably either sweatpants or something like that to my first day of sixth grade. And I show up, I look around, kids everywhere wearing Jinkos. They're wearing baggy pants, like skateboarding is the new like cool thing. Everybody's wearing super baggy clothes and like wrestling t-shirts and stuff. So I remember we went to eat. I want to say maybe it was Ruby Tuesdays after like after school. My mom, my dad, all of us ate dinner there together to be like, "How was your day today?" And I remember telling them like, "Everybody's got jinkos on. If I'm gonna fit in, I need to wear my jinkos tomorrow. People need to see that I'm cool. This is already hard enough for me. I need to wear my jinkos to school. Like plus, I don't go to your school anymore. Nobody's gonna see me now." And somehow they were just much more lenient at that point. And then we went to Walmart and bought me a wrestling shirt. And the very next day I was like, this is my style now. Wrestling t-shirts and Jinko jeans. Um, as an adult now looking back and realizing how expensive those jeans are, it's insane. Like to think, you know, that my parents bought me more than one pair at some point. Uh, but yeah, that was the fun part about it. Um, we never had some big drag out fight, but it's just that mindset of a fifth grader that I've got to wear these jeans. I've got to be cool looking. And if I can't wear them with you, I'm at least going to do it hitting, or I guess hiding it at school. But anyway, that's my first story. So ironically, I said that we would have a theme because we're 80s, 90s babies. And we're hitting it right off the bat because my first story is also a story about jeans. Nice. <laughs> so when I was in high school... <clears throat> Um, I must have been a freshman or a sophomore because I was still in that, like, I don't think I could drive yet. So my mom had to drive me places and we had gone to the mall to like Triangle Town Center in Raleigh or whatever to go shopping for back to school clothes or, you know, clothes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I also must not have had a job yet because, you know, she was paying for things. Sure. Um, for the most part. And so I want to go in Hollister. Okay. Because mm -hmm. that's where all the cool kids are buying clothes is Hollister. And so, it was cool too, because Hollister like closed off its front where it's like, you can't see the cool clothes unless you come in here. Like the way right. they had their storefront set up in the mall. I remember yes. it being so mysterious. Yes. And also looking back as an, as an adult, I would have never let it wasn't even about the clothes. That store was dangerous. Like, sure. it was dark. It was loud. The music was always super loud. It was run by teenagers. It smelled like whatever the Hollister cologne and perfume were at that time. And the dressing rooms were co-ed. And they were... Sorry, someone's You're good. calling me. Um... 
someone's trying to call me. Uh, so the dressing rooms work. Why did that? I'm paused. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, I think you're so paused dressing, on Facebook. I don't know why. Hold oh. on. Um, Standby world. I know, right? I don't know. I declined the call, so I don't know why. I might have to leave the broadcast and come back out. Come That's back fun. in. I don't know. Yeah. If you want to do that uh, and then come back. Because the last okay. image I have is literally your thumb like at the, the camera like or phone. I know. I know. So, Am I out? Yeah. Well, you're gone. Okay. So let's see if it'll let me come back. Christy's joining in on, on the Facebook world. Yes, Christy. It was very funny, I'm sure. You may have been in my classroom um, and just noticed. I feel like I did that at some point. Um, yeah, it's right. The wrestling shirts. We all loved wrestling, and that's what we did. I remember it being the same thing in middle school at some point where I got two new shirts for my birthday and I was so excited that I brought one with me in my book sack and changed during the middle of the day so I could wear both shirts in the same day instead of just waiting to wear the next one the next day. Hold on. I'm trying to go back in. You're good. Ashby's trying to find our chat again, folks. She's coming back. That was the dangerous part, though, about my mom working in the school system. And Christy knows, like, her mom worked in school, too. But uh, just constantly always being aware of anything. Like, you couldn't sneak out on anything. Not like You're not doing anything in elementary school. But there's the constant risk of your mom knowing things. Where the same way with Miss Boyette's class, I had not done well on the tests. And I was super excited. Uh, well, not excited. I was super nervous to talk to my mom because I'd failed a test. And then... She found out about it, questioned about it, and I said, Mom, it's okay. She's going to let us do a retake thing, and I'm going to make up points. Like, we already did that before lunch. Then my mom said, yeah, yeah, you already failed that too. So my mom already knew my failing grades before I knew I did. Um, sorry, you folks are joining in on the chat while Ashby's checking back in. Uh, how much of my wardrobe is band shirts? That was more so high school and honestly partly now. Um, I don't think I would, Christy asked if I would wear the shirt again the next day. I don't think so. Uh I didn't know I couldn't smell them, but I at least was aware of hygiene. And so if it had like sweaty armpits, you didn't wear that two days in a row. I knew that much. Um, I'm starting to wear that. I realize that now though, I still have a lot of closet full of like just black shirts as I'm starting to pack up to get ready to move to our new home in the coming months. Um, I just have so many of the same things. Here comes okay, Ashby back. I think it says it's adding you. Gotcha. Join. Eric, if you're listening to this and getting ready to edit, you can just delete any of that. <laughs> you're not filling that gap. I'm back. Or you can just keep us in. That's okay. So Ashley's back now. She's going to get everything straightened back up on her end. Um, thank you guys for being active in the chat tonight. It's been I'm fun back. to see what you all have to say about this. So Yeah, that's why I kept looking over to the side because um, I was I was making sure I wasn't missing any like chat stuff going on. So. You're good. Um, okay. No rhyme. So, sorry about that. I got a phone call in the middle of recording, and it just, Facebook Live was like, eh, you got to go. Mm -mm. Even though I tried to deny it the went phone nuts. call. Anyway. It didn't know what to do. Um, anyway, yeah, Back so my Hollister. mom also worked in the school system mm -hmm. later once I hit, she, literally the year that I moved from middle school to high school, she was like, guess what? Oh, I'm going to no. be at your school. That had to be tough. Ugh. 
anyway, talk about an argument. That was an argument. I'm sure. Like, I'm going to be a freshman and you decide that you want to start working in the school system. And not only that, you decide that you want to be at my high school. It's like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't breathe in my direction. And to her credit, she tried to ignore me and my good for nothing traitor friends would see her in the hallway and be like, hi, it's, it's Ashby's mom. Mm -hmm. Hi, Ashby, look, it's your mom. And I'd be like, shut up. Oh my gosh. It was the worst. The worst. Anyway. Um, okay. So back to Hollister. Yes. <clears throat> it's loud. They had co-ed yes. bathroom or not bathrooms dressing rooms. they had co-ed dressing rooms and the dressing rooms were just shower curtains that you would pull around your corner of this like weird tiled room it was it, like i would never let anyone under the age of 18 go in a hollister by themselves it just did not look like a place you wanted to be caught mm -hmm. alone you know um that's anyway. how my mom felt about hot topic she didn't want to be caught inside of hot topic so <laughs> she'd stand out somewhere else and i'd be in there so cut to me dragging my mom into the Hollister at the mall and, you know, I'm trying on clothes. I'm like this, I need this, I need this. Like, this is like everything. This is what people are wearing. And I'm, you know, trying on jeans or whatever. And I get on these, this pair of jeans that I absolutely love. And I come out of the dressing room and I'm like, look at me in my jeans. Mm -hmm. And my mom goes, <clears throat> those have holes in them. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, we need to tell them that they had a pair of jeans on the rack that had holes in them. And I was like, all the jeans have holes in them. They're supposed to. And mm -hmm. she was like, uh, no, they're not. That's, that's ruining a perfectly good pair of pants. Why would you put <laughs> holes in new jeans? Mm -hmm. And I was like, they're artfully ripped for oh, style. That's, that's great. Artfully ripped. That's, yeah. you knew and what you she were doing. was like, she was like, no, 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 what, what, no, <laughs> And so I was like, fine, I won't get them, right? Mm -hmm. And so we kind of decide what we're going to get, and we get up to the register, and my sassy butt tries to, like, slide in that pair mm -hmm. of jeans. And she's like, <clears throat> but she lets them ring them up, mm -hmm. and I think I'm about to get away with it. Sure. And then, of course, the price comes up, and she's like, Oh, no, I am not paying that much for jeans with holes in them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ugh. And I had an absolute meltdown. And this is going to make me sound like a terrible child. And that I was not, I was not an ungrateful child most of the time. But like, I was just having, when you're that age, you want so badly to fit in. Sure. You just want to be like everybody else. You want to be seen as the person who has the clothes that everyone else has and like has the style and had, you know, and so I had a meltdown in a Hollister and my mom and I started yelling at one another, oh like full goodness. on yelling. Like she was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not paying this much for jeans that have holes in them. And I started throwing like everything in the book at her. Like you want me to be friendless. You want me to be unpopular. Like you hate me. I, like I was just, like anything I could throw at her. And she was like, I'm, do you want to pay for the holes in these jeans? Do you want to pay the difference to make up for the material missing out of these jeans? And so then we start haggling like price. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, was, 
how do you, how do you put a price on a whole of missing fabric? And, and again, the poor like sixteen year old child working the register at Hollister was just like, please, like I'm sure she was like, please just leave, like please. Yeah. Please stop fighting in my store. I don't get paid enough to deal with this. Do you want me to ring you up? Do you not? Like, <laughs> she just reaches and down in the trash can and grabs pieces of jeans. And it's like, here, here's the holes. Yes. And I, I honestly don't remember how the fight ended. And so I'm sure it ended either with me not getting the jeans or me not getting anything because my mom was like, you know what? If you want to be that ungrateful, we can just leave. Sure. Or it ended with my mom somehow through all of that remaining magnanimous and offering to purchase the jeans if I paid for like half of it with my allowance money or something. I really don't remember. I think at some point I did have Hollister jeans with holes in them. I don't know if I got them on that trip, but I just remember that we had an absolute knockdown drag out fight in a Hollister in a mall over holy jeans. I can remember the same conversation because I jumped because back to Jinko's there was that transition period period of like they lasted all of sixth grade and then somewhere in the middle of seventh grade it was like no no more Jinko's you need to go to Abercrombie or American Eagle this is where you buy clothes now and of course me being the kid at that age trying to fit in I took my mom to an American or Abercrombie and Fitch and trying to tell her like oh I need this she's like Kyle there's holes in the shirt like this isn't good like we need to find something else. Same way your mom did. It's like, why would you buy clothes that already have holes in them? And you're like, no, that's that's the style, mom. They're just this way. She's like, oh, okay, well, why am I spending like three times the price of a regular T-shirt for one with holes in it? Um, I remember those totally. I remember, I don't think I got pants from there. I think I ended up getting them from PacSun, but it was the same way. PacSun had some with holes, some without holes. And, of course, being, especially about high school, you end up making those holes bigger just to make almost like a statement. Like, I don't remember, like you'd rip a little bit more in your jeans just to be even a little bit more cool. Um, I don't know. It's the fun fashion things that honestly, it's fun to look back on because the same way we're getting a little bit older and we look at things kids wear now and we're like, what in the world are you thinking? And then it's just like, just forget it. Just forget it. We all had our moments. Um, I don't know. My next memory, I don't remember what age I was. I had to have been middle school, I think. Uh, but I went to Walmart with my mom and Every time we'd go to Walmart, I knew my mom was going to take forever because that's what she did. And we had this agreement that was like, I'm going to either be in the toy section or I'll be in the video game section. I'll either, and they were side by side. I was like, no matter what, that's where I'm going to be. Um, and that's what I did. And so this time was no different. I think I just said, I'll be in the toy section, whatever. Just come find me when you're done. So I had to at least been middle school, maybe early high school, but I didn't have my license. Like I had no choice. I was just there. But it was enough that she trusted me to be somewhere else in the store by myself. Um, and so I walked up and down the toy aisle. Same thing I do now as an adult. I randomly just go look at the toy aisle to see like what cool things are there and what stuff do you relate to. Um, and then I went over to the video game section. And this is back, you know, Walmart technically still has it maybe now and some Best Buys and stuff. But this was back before like super skinny flat screen TVs. You had this giant cube of a TV up on a section over the video games you were playing, you know, either your Xbox or PlayStation. They had it out there to try out demo games or whatever. And I remember it was on some random aisle that I was sitting there, uh, playing a game. There's another kid and me and him, you know, we take turns and I didn't know him. It was just respect. You just take, you know, you play yours and let him play his. Um, and I just got zoned in cause they had speakers mounted right beside these, this TV as well. So your whole focus was literally getting like a neck cramp staring at the top of this shelf playing a video game for how long. 
where all of a sudden I'm in the middle of playing and my mom appears and screams at me. And I'm like, what in the world has happened? This other kid that was standing there is now like staring like he's about to cry and just runs off because my mom was that scary, like I guess mad looking. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, come with me now. We're, you were in so much trouble. And it's the worst feeling when you're in so much trouble and you have no re- like no clue why you're in so much trouble. Right. She said, I've been looking for you for over half an hour. She said, I've had your name called over the intercom three different times and you've not come to the front register. I was like, there's no way. Like, I never heard you. I never. She's like, Kyle, you had to have heard me. Of course, like, she she was adamant that I was just ignoring her. Turns out with those speakers and just focus on a game, you had no clue of what was happening. And she swore that I only told her I was going to be in the toy section. And I lied to her and went somewhere else. And we had the most drag out type thing there. Same way in the store where it's like, no, I was not. You know, I shouldn't be in trouble. There's part of me, too, that I was slightly nervous. That of what was going to happen to me when I got home. So I was like, if I can make this a bigger deal and figure this out and get it solved before we get there, I don't have to worry about that. We'll finish it in the store because, you know, people are around and things. Well, of course, that just made it worse because I just yelled and, you know, at my mom in front of everybody. And plus, she's had management call me over the intercom three different times and I've not shown up. Uh, She looked everywhere and could not find me. I don't know why she didn't check the video game section, but she didn't. And... As an adult now, I get it. Like, if you know, you're panicking because you think your child could have been abducted, your child's no longer there, you're scared to death. Uh, but we got home, and this is the first time I ever remember my mom's like most known for punishments. Erica knows about it, my friends know about it. I got home, and she made me sit down and write a letter of why what I did was wrong, and make, had to write a letter to my mom of saying why I did what was wrong, what was wrong with that, everything else, trying to explain it. And so that was my mom's go-to. Like, I didn't get a spanking. I didn't get a whooping. I literally had to go home and write my mom a letter and apologize for what I did. And at the same time, being the young, mouthy kid I was, I was like, I don't even know why I'm writing you a letter. I didn't do anything wrong. I told you I would be here. You just didn't look for me. And, you know, it didn't make it any better. I think I got grounded because of that after that. So I still had to write the letter, and then I got grounded. So, mouthy kids, that's what you get. Yeah, I feel like there's... There's like two sides of that story. For There's sure. like the the idea as a kid that like you're not heard, you know, that like things could not be your fault and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So like that's the first time that you learn sort of like the injustice in the world. For sure. Yeah, as yeah, a yeah. child, you know, I I know that like Hunter, my younger brother, when we would go off or we would do things, my parents would be like you're older, you're in charge. Like you're in charge of your younger brother. And he would do things or things would happen and it was my fault. Like I'm older. I'm supposed to know better. I'm supposed to take the high road. And it was like, so he's not being held accountable for his actions. I'm being held accountable for his actions. Mm -hmm. Like this, this doesn't seem right, but life's not fair. You know, my sister Um, lived that life because I was a younger brother and she was the one responsible for everything that happened. That's the worst being Mm -hmm. an older sister. I can totally imagine. Um, But yeah, the other side of that story though, is that now as an adult, you know that like every second she couldn't find you was like building pure panic for sure. And it's really easy to turn fear into anger, Mm -hmm. you know, especially Um, once she saw me that I was fine and I was literally just playing a video game. Right. Yes. You know, correct. Then she's embarrassed because she's had me called over the intercom. She's probably been crying, thinking her son has been kidnapped. You know. Correct. Because my mom, correct. that was if you ever asked my sister, that was what she got told. 
Um, uh, she was always afraid, my mom was, that somebody was going to you know get us and sell our organs on the black market. We would hear that story. Right. And so we didn't, we didn't ever know what the black market was. We just knew that they would take our organs there. Uh, right. But either way, um, I don't know. Like I said, as I can see both sides of it now. I definitely can see it you know, as an adult where I would be scared to death if I couldn't find my kid. Well, um, and, I, you know, I can't speak for your mom, but I'm super into true crime. And so I know that coming out of the 80s into the 90s, your mom was old enough and probably a, becoming a parent about the time that Adam Walsh disappeared. And Adam Walsh was a kid who was probably seven or eight, eight or nine when he disappeared. Everyone knows Joe Walsh because he does like the America's Most Wanted and stuff. But not a lot of people know how he got famous. And it was because his son disappeared and his mother took him to a department store and, you know, she wanted to shop and he wanted to play this video game that was up front near the register. And there were some other older boys up there. And so she said, OK, you stay up here. And you take your turn, you play the game, and I'll come back for you. Don't go anywhere. Well, apparently the older boys started getting rowdy, so the security guard came by and kicked them all out. Oh, no. Didn't ask, like, who do you belong to? What, you know, just took all the boys and said, you have to leave the store. So then he's just outside the store, um, and so she starts looking for him, you know, however long later can't find him. None of the boys are now where she left her son near the video game and starts looking, starts looking, you know, no one can find him. No one can find those boys. Um, and he, I mean, he was never found. I think parts of him were, but that makes the story I, like, so much more worse. That's <laughs> like right, could, a lot of things right. could have happened there. And I could so, see why my mom would be even more panicked. <laughs> Right. So like if she's got some of that, like from the news in her brain, she's like, this is what's happened. This sure. is this is it. Like he's gone, you know. So I'm sure that made it worse. <laughs> I'll jump into my next story because it, it honestly, it was a few years later. And I guess I didn't learn my lesson the first time. <laughs> so this goes hand in <laughs> hand. Uh, I remember I had a crush on this girl and she had asked me if I wanted to go to the movies with her and her brother and his, their friends or whatever. Uh, I obviously I was 16 because I could drive, but I did not have my after nines license. And I don't know if that's the same way across the world, but like if you're listening in from somewhere else at our age at that point, you could get your license. Was it the first six months or I don't remember how long it was, uh, but you could only drive up until nine o'clock. And then the only, you know, your license at that point if you got pulled over after that, you know, it was okay if you were coming home from work or certain excuses, but, you know, you were not allowed to drive after 9 o'clock. Pretty much just to help you have a curfew on young drivers so they learn how to drive and be safe. Uh, and But my dad had always told me, and we had this, you know, agreement that as long as he knew where I was, he was okay. You know, he didn't want me out like crazy times or anything like that, but, you know, if he knew where I was and I was safe, he was okay with it. Um, not for me necessarily to drive after 9, but just whatever, as long as he knew where I was. Um, but she had asked, you know, Hey, you want to go to the movies? And I was like, this is awesome. You know, the girl I have a crush on wants me to go to the movies. It's not even me asking her. It's like, I'm totally down. And my parents were like, okay, that's fine. Just go to the movies. And so she lived in Selma and I just assumed we were going to the Smithfield movie theater because that's right next door, next town over. And so I show up at her house like five or six o'clock, you know, just assuming seven o'clock movie. Well, we ended up hanging out there for a while and we all hung out with her and her brother and her family. 
And then about, you know, getting close to seven in my brain, I'm like, we should probably head to the movie theater. Well, they're like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's head out. So we get in the car and we start going and we're heading to Raleigh. We're going to Raleigh to see the movies. We're not going to Smithfield. Uh, turns out, you know, we're going to like the eight or nine o'clock movie in Raleigh. Um, and of course, you know, riding in the back seat, you know, with her brother driving, is like, I don't want to be the nerd or whatever. I'm, you know, this will be okay. You know, I'll just call my mom later. My dad's already said, you know, if, you know, he knows where I'm at, they know where I'm going. Um, so I'll just let him know. And in my brain, I started figuring things out because her brother was like a couple years older, but their older friend, uh, if you had someone that had had their license for five years or more, you could drive as long as they were in the passenger seat with you on the way home. And they had already figured all this out. They said, no problem. When we get back, you know, he'll drive, we'll follow him and he'll ride with you. And then we'll pick him back up from your house and come back home. So my brain, you know, everything's solved. There's no reason to worry. Well, you know, this is also not, you know, this is pre-smartphone era. I had a cell phone, but it was just a random Nokia that, you know, it was like a brick. Uh, yep. Well, we get going, we get to the movie theater and my brain says, oh no, my phone's about to die. So we're, it doesn't have long. I was like, so I better go and turn it off now so that once I get out of the movie theater, I can call my mom and it won't be dead at that point. Versus if I leave it on me and go to the movie the whole time, it's going to die. So I turned my phone off and stuck it underneath the seat and just, we went on in. Well, we get up there, and turns out we're going to see an R-rated movie, and that was something my mom just did not agree with. Was very much you cannot see R-rated movies. You know that you're not allowed to legally. You're not old enough to see that. Well, her brother was old enough, and they're friends, so they were like, "You guys just hang out over here. We'll go get the tickets, and then we'll come get you or whatever." And so that's what we did. And if, you know, I felt so cool. Was almost feel like out of a movie where it's like I'm here with this girl I've got a crush on. Her brother's buying his tickets. We're getting into an R-rated movie, like straight up, you know, movies from our generation. Uh, so we get in, we watch it. I think it was like 28 days later or whatever, the zombie movie and stuff. So we watch uh-huh. that. We come out and I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. And then we get back to the car and I'm like, I have no clue what time it is. You know, we didn't, I didn't wear a watch. And so I've turned my phone back on and it was midnight now. And uh, I had a billion voice messages from my mom. And so I tried to call her and she's just screaming at me nonstop. And so I went from being the cool guy that was kind of on a somewhat date slash hangout with a crush and now my mom's screaming at me, and I'm in the back seat, and I could do nothing but take it because we're already on the road driving back home. Um, and I tried to explain to her the whole situation. I was like, he's going to drive home. Everything else, like, Daddy has always said this is not an issue. You know, it would be okay as long as I could get home. You know, we, everything was safe. It was literally just at the movies. Everything was fine. Well, she didn't like that. She was not happy with that. She said that is not – she didn't care what my dad had said. You know, and they were married, and they were a great couple whatever – but at this point, I'd made her mad, scared her half to death because she couldn't get up with me and I wasn't home. Um, so finally, of course, you know, somewhere between midnight and one o'clock, I get home. Uh, she's waiting for me at the door. As soon as I open the door, she's like, give me your keys. That car is mine. And I'm like, okay. You know, I try to play it cool because I was like, I know she's mad. There was a notepad waiting for me on the side table. It said, <laughs> you were writing a letter to tell me what you did and why it was wrong and everything else. And I was like, okay. I was like, but you don't understand. Daddy said this was fine. Like, you, you know, and he's asleep in the other room. Like, let's go wake Daddy up. I was like, I don't care what he said. John argument or whatever else. So I'll go upstairs and go to sleep. I get woke up by her the next morning. And she was furious. She had gone through my pants like to do laundry that Saturday morning and found the movie ticket that was R-rated. And she flipped out. She was like, give me their parents' number. I was like, I don't know their number. And literally, I did not lie to my parents. This was back in the day of AOL Instant Messenger, and I always just instant messaged her back and forth. 
Um, right. And I think maybe I like you know maybe I had a next up this time because maybe we like beeped or whatever. We didn't you know for you that don't know it was a walkie talkie and a phone. But I didn't ever call her. I was too nervous to ever talk to her on the phone. So I just knew it was always through like Instant Messenger and stuff. And I told her I was like I don't know their number. And she got even more mad. She's like you're lying to me. I'm like I'm not lying to you. I talk online and I don't have her phone number. And she's like I'm calling her parents and I'm going to talk to her and her brother or like to the mom and the son. She said, I want to know who she thinks he is, that he can be my son's guardian or whatever. She took it way like beyond. She was mad. This whole time, I'm in the back of my mind like, you cannot call her. You cannot call her. She's going to ruin my opportunity you know, to date this girl or whatever else. And we never did date. We ended up just being real good friends or whatever. But my mom flipped out about everything. And finally, she just left the room. She was like, okay, I believe, you know, I guess either I'm lying to her or I'm not giving her the number. But I told her, you know, try to convince her like it's my fault. I was the one that went along with it or whatever. But that was my second big letter. Um, and I remember trying to talk to her about, you know, with my dad, and she just wasn't having it. She's, I was in the wrong. Once again, as an adult now, I see that that was a major issue, that I literally was not supposed to be able to drive after 9 o'clock, and here I am in Raleigh at midnight or whatever, and she can't get up with me, and you know, there's no way, and my phone just goes straight to voicemail every time. So I get it Right. as, a, you right. Know, as an adult now. Yeah, but. it's tough to look back as an adult to understand that fear, you yeah. know, because it's just, again, like a lot of the times they were angry, they weren't necessarily angry they were terrified sure sure and it was is really hard as a child to understand what that feels like at all mm -hmm. you know because you're i mean not to get all sciencey but my grandmother always used to say to me she's like your frontal lobe ha still has some work so like as you grow and develop your frontal lobe which is where a lot of your knowledge and like maturity and wisdom comes sure. from is literally still developing. So you do not have the brain capacity to think ahead to the like, oh, every single time she was calling me and my phone was going straight to voicemail, she was thinking he's dead in a ditch. Absolutely. He's, you know, like been murdered. He's flipped his car. You know, like they're going through every single thing that could ever possibly go wrong to you. I totally get it. And, because Erica's been that yeah. way where Erica works late some nights. And I've been at home and I'm like, she's not home yet. Or I've been like, maybe even on a Thursday, we have done the podcast. I've been at Eric's. I leave and come home and she's still not home. And I'm like, where's she at? Like, is she in a ditch? And I start calling her or texting her and I'm getting no response. And I'm like, somebody was waiting outside and they're going to attack her outside of work. Like something bad's happened. Yes. Something yes. horrible is happening. My whole brain, like same way I go, but they're automatically yeah. like, either she's been like horrible things have happened to her at this point. Correct. She's possibly dead. She's in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. If not. Um, you know, and there's been multiple times I'm in my car pulling out of the driveway to like, I've got to go find her when all of a sudden she calls and is like, Oh no, my cell phone just didn't have reception, but I'll be leaving soon. Yes. And it's, so I get the scared. I totally get it. My mom just did join the Facebook chat as I finished that story talking about her. So mom, I get it. I understand why you were very worried and nervous about me, you know, not answering my phone and not making it home. Um, but yes, I don't know if I'm going to make my daughter write letters or not. I think I may, I may do it and be like, you know, you got a problem with it, talk to your Nana. She made me do it. So we'll see how <laughs> that turns great. out, you know, when the time happens. So I, okay, I do have another story. Okay. Um, which is a really great example of not understanding consequences as a child that your parents do. And like now as an adult, understanding those consequences. Sure. So <clears throat> I forgot what year it was. I must have been in late middle school, early high school. 
And my dad had one of those, you know, things come up with his job where he was going to have to make a decision about like, you know, his next career step and what he wanted to do and, you know, what the offers were and what was happening. And, and we sat down as a family, you know, you, that moment that you dread as a child, when your parents suddenly like sneak up on you and they're like, we need to have a family discussion. I've seen that in your life shows multiple times. It's right. Scary exactly. moment. You're like, Oh God, what's happening. And, um, you know, we had a talk as a family about what the options were and if it would mean moving and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, nothing was set in stone. <clears throat> but we were told, don't tell anyone because, you know, there's a lot happening behind the scenes. You know, this is an internal discussion. We're telling you so that you can understand, you know, what we're just dis- just dis- deciding and thinking about as a family. But don't tell anyone. Sure. <clears throat> and then. My teenage brain, my best friend wasn't anyone. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, totally. you tell your best friend everything. So I heard don't tell anyone, but what I gleaned from that was like, don't tell anyone but this super important person in your life that you tell everything to, right? Mm-hmm. So I told her. <laughs> <laughs> and she told someone else and it's a small town and you know, um, I still don't really know if it was me that started it. (laughs) (laughs) There's no proof, No. but boy, howdy. Someone somehow got back around to my dad and was like, so I hear blah, blah, blah. Oh no. And he came home and he was, raring and he was like ashby gray brain you get your butt down here right now and of course i was playing because honestly at the time like i really didn't know what he was so angry about it could have been a multitude of things to be honest totally you're like you're starting to like hedge your bets you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay like oh what is it and like how am i gonna apologize like how am i gonna yes Right. You're like, I know I need a defense and I need to go ahead and plan it mm-hmm. in the next five seconds, but I don't know what I'm defending myself yep. against. <laughs> so It's a very scary moment. Oh, man. So he's like, when I say don't tell anyone, I mean don't tell anyone. And I got a very heated, like, spiel about, you know, like, at the time, it sort of, like, washed over me. And... I I was like, I don't understand, like, what the problem is. Like, I mean, so what? You know, like, I was I was trying to defend myself as best I could. Um, but, I, you know, I was like, I mean, like, she's my best friend, you know. Sure. And it, it was it was less an argument and more of like I was in big trouble. Um, and. Now, though, as an adult, I realize what was being preached to me is this family had a discussion in confidence about something that your mother and I specifically told you not to say anything about. And I am held to a standard of trust at my job that I take very seriously. And you have put that in jeopardy by running your mouth. And so now as an adult who takes her career very seriously, I completely understand why he was so angry. For sure. Um, 
and I, I just had no, I had no like appreciation for that at all, you know? And you have no defense I, for that either at that point. You're right. like, I, yeah. there's nothing I can say. Like, I want to just be like, oh, it was fine. But no, like there's nothing you right. can do in that moment. Right. And I remember like, so, you know, the, <clears throat> the, like the fear anger switch that parents have, I feel like kids have like a guilt anger switch. Sure. And so if I had been really honest with myself, I knew that I had done something wrong and I felt super guilty about it because I was the kid that I, I sort of stuck to the edges of the rules. Mm -hmm. And I did legitimately feel bad whenever I did something that I knew my parents would be disappointed in me for. Um, and so I knew I had disappointed him and that was really upsetting to me, but I didn't want to deal with that. And so instead I just got angry in response to his anger, for sure. which is like, I'm sure, you know, this is exactly what family therapists make a lot of money for, but yep. and you figured it <laughs> but out like, it was just a, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm guilty and he's fearful and we're both just angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ah, good I time. totally get that. <laughs> I think I only got like one more. Uh, it just came to my mind thinking about all these other things. Um, growing up, especially, you know, once you got into high school, we've talked about before, like whenever we were in high school, early 2000s, you know, mid 2000s, you know, emo and screamo and heavy music and all this stuff made a big, you know, ordeal in the world we lived in and what you do, you know, the clothes you might wear, or whatever. Well, I was all in. I was playing in bands all the time. Um, and I always wanted to dye my hair. Uh, my dad was very cool about things. My mom was as well, where they're like, you know, I grew up, I dyed my hair blonde almost every summer. Like you go into the beach, you're super tan, get blonde hair. Um, used to buy like sun in or whatever you would spray in it. And finally like, okay, instead of orange, let's actually take you somewhere and just get it done. Whatever you want to do. Um, they were very supportive in that and allowed me to do that. Well, I always got to this point, especially near my senior year, I was like, I want black hair. And they're like, no, you're not having black hair. Cause of course, you know, my sister growing up five years younger than me, you know, the world hit with Marilyn Manson and all the horror stories that parents would deal with and find out about, you know, thinking of him and the news he made. So black hair, black anything, like all this scared them to death. I wore that stuff like all the time. It was like always band shirts. This is all I did and Converse's and everything else. And I remember I was I graduated. It was the year after my graduation. Like I was really into bands at the time, playing shows all the time, all over the place. Um, and... My parents were out of town one weekend, and I remember that weekend we had two shows back-to-back. -back. We played a Friday night somewhere and then a Saturday, and we all just got in our minds like, hey, let's just dye our hair. Like, let's go all out like for this Saturday show. Let's just do it. And so we were all dyed our hair different colors, and Will Howard had dyed his hair black, and I think Brandon Evans was doing something. I don't remember what he dyed. But I ended up dyeing my hair black, and I did like the bright blonde streak in the front. So I had all black hair, and my hair was long, and I had a blonde streak in the front, and I was like, yes, like I've done this. I'm super excited. Um, and then Sunday morning I had to play at church. So I just went and played at church with my hair that way. Cause I played guitar then at church and you know, people kind of looked at me weird and they talked to me though. And they're like, Oh, what'd you do that for? And I was like, I don't know. just want to do something. You know, that's the funny thing too, as you know, as a child or a youth or whatever, like when you do something like that, people come up to you, what did you do that for? Or, you know, or, what were you thinking? Or same way, why you got all them holes in your jeans? Uh, so that's the thing. So, and I guess maybe we'll grow into that someday too and say the same. But uh, I remember my mom coming home on that Sunday night. My parents came back from whatever trip they were on. I was on the computer in like the whatever, like living room or the den. My dad kind of came around the corner first and saw me. You could tell he kind of was like shocked. My mom came around the corner and started crying. 
and she was yelling, <laughs> she was crying, and it, it went on and on like that for a while. And we were like, I was like, it's okay, like I'm in college now, and it's like Will dyed his hair and Brandon dyed his hair, and like it doesn't matter. They're not my child. You're my child. You know, I've told you not to do this, and I was like, well, it's it's different now, and everybody does this, and I couldn't talk myself out of that one. Same way, you know, I tried and tried. Uh, and she it turned into that same thing we said earlier about being concerned about what other people are going to think about them. She said, what are people at church going to think about you for wearing having black hair now? And I said, well, I was there this morning and nobody really said anything. And at that point they lost it because they knew that I'd been out into the real world and people had already seen me. And so the judgment they were going to make had already been made. Uh, she bawled, left the room, started crying and like left. They yelled at me like the next area, you know, I say yelled. Honestly, my parents are very good about it. They didn't say yell. I probably took it as yelling. And I probably yelled, and it caused them to get louder back at me. Uh, right. But they're like, no, you're dyeing your hair. You're fixing this. You're not doing, you know, you're not having black hair. So I remember going to Will's house the next day. So I'm dying this all within a week, like back to back. And I looked up on, you know, I don't even know. I think I asked somebody as a friend. I was like, how do I get it out? And they said, um, what is it? It's not bleach, but it's whatever. Like it just kind of takes the color out or at least helps relieve some of it. So I'm at Will's house, and I'm like, okay, well. Peroxide? No, it was actual hair thing. We'd go to Sally's oh, over okay. there like okay. near Walmart. So we went to an actual hair. We didn't gotcha. just buy the random stuff. So it's stuff. probably like, um, like, uh, like color stripper. Stripper. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So we would always at least go to Sally's and get like a little bit higher quality stuff versus just whatever off the shelf. But um, so I stripped it at Will's house, and my mom had said, you know, I was, she was like, just dye it back brown, whatever, but you cannot have it black. So I stripped it, and it was this weird brownish-orange color. And so I had a box of brown that I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to dye it brown. Well, because my hair had been messed up already by doing this, I went to dye it brown, got back out, dried my hair. Now my hair was black again with a brown streak in the front. My hair would not stay brown. It was literally just black. So at that point, my parents just had to live with it. They got over it and realized, like, okay, you're still a good kid. You know, we don't right. like this. We're afraid of what people are going to think of you. But whatever. And so I got away with it. Um I don't know. Like I said, I think in the long run, we both grew from things like that because there was multiple things of be playing in bands or doing things that people, you know, would look at me weird or whatever. And I had explained to them, like, I don't care what they think, you know, if they know who I was and they want, like, if they wanted to say something about me, like, they don't know who I am. Like, because if they knew who I was, they would know that I'm still a good person or whatever. Like, it has nothing to do with that. And I was like, right. if they don't know me that well, I don't really care what they think about me then. You know, and I was a very strong attitude about that. But, um, I don't know. I just remember my mom just straight up bawling because I had black hair at that point. Um, and the problems thing. Brandon joined us online and said he remembers the brown streak. I think Brandon had like black and red hair at the at the point. And of course it didn't make it any better because I think as kids we we would always go with that card of, you know, if their parents didn't get upset, then my parents shouldn't get upset. Because I was like, Will's hair is black right. and his mom was completely fine. We did it in her house and she didn't say a thing. And then right. my mom just got even more mad because, of course, it's like, no, that's that not my works. child. No, it never right, does. Exactly. I never, you know, <laughs> as a child, that's why we always think or a teenager even or adult at that point. We assumed it was, just, you know, well, if so-and-so could do it, then I should. And that's a good enough excuse to, you know, to for you to just be over with it. No, that never worked. That just made things worse just by mm -hmm. comparing your parents to somebody else's parents. Um, mm -hmm. So that just didn't work. You know, if you're younger and you're joining in with us, you know, don't play that card. It don't work. So. It doesn't work. Just be honest. Did you have anything else, Ashby? I don't think so. Okay. Well, this week we did something a little bit different. Um, we definitely appreciate you all tuning in with us this week. Like I said, it was just a fun episode just to get there and talk about stories and have fun together. 
Um, there's this thing that we decided to do this week. Instead of having just social media shout-outs, a lot of you joined in and still left some shout-outs and stuff on social media, but some of you guys called in or talked to me, and I was able to call you and get you to record what some of your favorite stories or arguments that you have with your parents um, when you were either in your teenage years, kid years, whatever. Um, so we've got that going on next. So we're we're going to end the podcast now, and then we're going to play these conversations for you to hear. So uh, I want to appreciate or thank everybody that called in uh, and left a message for us for the podcast or just have me call you and you just tell us your story. Um, and let us know what you think about it. Maybe this is something we can do going forward, you know, for social media shout-outs um, with movies and everything else. Like if you just want to call in and uh, we'll record your conversation about things, how you felt about the movies or the books or the music or any other topic we're dealing with, we may switch over and start doing that. But um, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, definitely hang around for all the conversations coming up in a minute. I've already got to hear them. Ashby has not heard them yet. But um, since I got to talk with all you guys, there were a lot of awesome stories. And some relate to some things we've already talked about. So it actually works out pretty well. I but can't wait to listen. It should be fun. So uh, join us next week. What are we doing next week? Do you remember? I'm using my Ooh, phone, so I question. can't look up to see what's on the next episode. Um, If you give me two shakes. Sure. <laughs> Eric will be back with us next week. Uh, like I said, he took his break this week. Um, we're going to be probably doing that some just in the future. You know, as things happen, everybody just needs a break every once in a while. Same way That's with right. So you have vacation days. He used a vacation day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> ooh, next week is Mean Girls. We oh, yeah. always wear pink on Wednesdays. This is one of Eric's <laughs> favorite movies. Always, there's, there's always a copy waiting for you in the back seat of his car where he's drunk just in case. So tune in next week as we talk about Mean Girls. Eric gets very excited, and he doesn't even go here. But it's okay. Uh, Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's going (laughs) to happen. Thanks again for tuning in. Definitely stick around and hear the messages we're about to play for you guys. See you next week. Bye. What the what? What's up, guys? This is Eric. I'm editing day before this podcast released, and I am going to be introducing you to each of our callers that have an argument that they want to share that they had with their parents. So, our first caller, you may know him well, Chris R. out of Greensboro. Hey, this is Chris Road. Um longtime listener and fan of the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to say I didn't really have too many arguments with my my parents, but the one big argument we did have was regarding clothing. I remember whenever I was growing up, probably it was in seventh or eighth grade, whenever the Jinko craze was going on. And I told my dad that I wanted a pair. And he was like, okay, well, my son doesn't wear jeans, but let's go ahead and and look at these. And so we went to the mall and we were walking around and we were getting frustrated because we couldn't find them in the regular uh, men's aisle or boys aisle. And so my dad and I were just fussing like, these jeans don't exist and whatnot. I said, yes, they do. And then he started walking around doing this little dance and singing. Instead of Jinko, he was like, he called them the Chunko jeans. And it 
mortified me to the point where I was hiding in a uh, a clothes uh, one of those rings and I would not come out. I mean, this is me being in seventh grade. So, <laughs> um, and then we find my mom finally got me out and we walked through the regular, uh, regular, uh, mall instead of the department stores and found an actual store that sold them. And whenever my dad saw what Jinkos were, he was like, no, absolutely not. And then he even saw how much they would cost. He was like, even worse. No, I am not buying these. And then me and my dad had a had a fight and we were just yelling at each other. And mom was like, just buy him one pair. And I remember he was like, I am not buying these. These are weird because the the leg holes were about the size of my head. He was like, nope, not doing it. And then he finally broke down because it, because my mom buttered him up a little bit. And then whenever I put them on, I, I mean, I enjoyed them, but my dad hated them and still makes fun of them to this day. So that was the one and really big argument I could really think of. Thank you for sharing, Chris. It's hilarious to think of our fashion fails from back in the late 90s because I had a pair of Jinkos myself. They might have been the only pair of jeans you could put on from the bottom up because you could all fit in the hole there. Uh, either leg hole, you could have put them on either way. Um, that That's an awesome argument, so thank you for sharing. Next up, we have Laura Davis, and this ought to be good. So listen up. Okay. Hey, I'm Laura Davis. Um... So I'm going to tell you about a, a silly little argument um, that we had with our parents growing up. Um, we didn't, I mean, we got along for the most part um, as a family, but something that stood out when Kyle asked me this question was um, my brother and I argued about this, mostly with our dad, but with our mom a little bit too, over if mashed potatoes and cream potatoes are the same thing. And that's, that's silly, but um when we were little, we were dead set that mashed potatoes and cream potatoes are two different things. And my dad called them cream potatoes and I refused to eat them when we had cream potatoes um, because I only wanted mashed potatoes. Um, and of course, as I got bigger, <laughs> I realized that that is not accurate, that they are the same thing. Everybody just makes them differently, so they taste different. Um, but I would not for a good bit when I was little eat cream potatoes and neither would my brother. Um, because that's what my dad called them. So that's pretty much it. Um, it's silly, but it, that's what it is. Okay, so I was today years old when I found that that cream potatoes and mashed potatoes were the same thing. I always thought they were separate things myself. I also don't like cream potatoes, but I will absolutely eat mashed potatoes. Huh, weird world. Well, speaking of food, Jade Plath has called in with an awesome story about food hi my name is jade plath um so when i was younger my mom and i we always went out to eat together that was like our one-on-one -on -one time and one time we went to buffalo wild wings and i remember she had like two wings left on her plate and asked for a to-go box well anyway so we pay the check we get ready to go and then we're walking outside and we get through the doors and she stops and she goes oh i forgot my to-go box and I was like, oh, it's no big deal. It was just two chicken wings. We'll just leave it there. And she looked at me and goes, you go back inside and get my box or I'm leaving you here. 
I was like, you're really going to leave me here over two chicken wings? <laughs> so that's something we always joke about the time that my mom threatened to leave me at B-Dev's just over two chicken wings. <laughs> that is awesome, Jade. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Uh, who could have thought that just two wings would call such a great divide? I, I think it's hilarious. Y'all can laugh about that now. Um, ending our callers today... Friend of the show, Hunter Batten, big Star Wars fan of Episode Nine, especially, and our Guardians of Gal- of the Galaxy Pro uh, expert, whatever you want to call him, he's got two great stories to end our episode. So take it away, Hunter. Hey, what the what podcast? It's friend of the show and Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy uh, enthusiast Hunter Batten. Um, so arguments with parents. Uh, Famously, or at least I still give my mom a hard time about it, but when I was a kid and the N64 came out, I saved up money um, for weeks or months at that point. I don't know how much money I used to make on allowance, not much, and uh, grass cutting until I had enough to buy it. And I actually was a little bit short on the day mom was going to Goldsboro to the mall, uh, and Francis gave me like the last $10 that I needed. And so I rode with mom, I think it was Berkeley Mall, I think that's what it was called, and uh, went to KB Toys, got the N64, put it on the counter, uh, and they rang it up, and you know, not knowing what taxes really were at the time. Only had enough, didn't quite have enough extra to buy a game. Um, and so, you know, I tried to plead with mom on like, you know, just in advance, like, so I can play N64, uh, so I can play Goldeneye on my N64. And uh, she wouldn't budge, so I went home with my brand new uh, N64 and my one gray controller. Uh, and since it didn't have a pack-in game, I think that was the first Nintendo console without a pack-in Mario or something. Uh, I didn't have a game, zero games. And the compromise there, I guess <laughs> she said that I could have a friend over um, to bring some games, and so obviously uh, had to hit up Alex Winders as soon as I got home. Uh, to bring Banjo-Kazooie and anything else he had, Mission Impossible or whatever else he had over so I could actually use my new N64. So that was a that was a big-time agreement at the moment, and I eventually did get my GoldenEye 007, and I played it until I about wore a cartridge out. So anyway, thanks. It's Hunter again with a second parent disagreement story. I could go on for days, but... Um, the year we built our new house and moved, I was like nine turning 10, I think. And that summer, like they did every summer, my parents forced me to go to Bible school, which I thoroughly disliked. And so one night after chewing gum, so it looked like I was singing or whatever, uh, for, you know, the entire time, uh, we came home, uh, and my parents set uh, Chelsea and I down and said, well, mom's going to have another baby. And I was, uh, not thrilled about that and so anyway months later when it's time to find out the gender because uh, by the time mom had madison you could actually do that in advance Uh, i remember sitting and waiting by the phone in the kitchen i don't know who called i think the doctor's office called mom or something like that i don't remember but anyway i know we found out with the house phone and it was a girl and not a little brother like i was hoping uh and you know just added to my uh lack of being excited but anyways love you madison uh i guess that all worked out because you're uh you're a pretty decent sister for a guy that has two sisters you know uh but anyway love you chelsea too anyways have a good podcast guys can't wait to listen to it and uh, y'all have a good one 
We appreciate it, Hunter. Thank you so much for uh, sharing both of those stories with us. Uh, fantastic stories. And uh, we want to thank all of you who called in, uh, Jade, Laura, Chris, and Hunter, and uh, all of you who are listening who added in maybe some stories on social media as well. Thank you for sharing, uh, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it and you have not done so already, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. Please rate and view us five stars. Uh, we really appreciate it. Make sure you share this with your friends so they can hear these wonderful stories about arguments with our parents uh, as well. We're going to end this podcast the way we normally do, thanking Ricky Lyles for his contributions to everything we've done. And again, thanking you, the listener. We cannot do this without you. We're glad that you're on this journey with us as we dive deeper and deeper into pop culture and nostalgia. As Ashby and Kyle alluded to earlier in the episode, we are doing a favorite of mine next week. Next week's episode, join us for Mean Girls. That's right, we are gonna make Fetch happen. Until next time, so to you, all the kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we'll see you next week on the What the What Show. Hey, 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 h